Greetings. Welcome to Film Gazers, the mini-sodes. I'm Steph. I would like to take you on a magical journey of my Eight Nights of Harry Potter, a mini-sode series. As you are aware, we have already covered the first Harry Potter film, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. That concluded our full-length episodes for 2023, and we are going to end the year um, with kind of what I do every year um, at the end of the December, uh, before or after Christmas, kind of doesn't matter. Um, I am going to release these after the first episode releases, of course. At the time of recording, it hasn't released yet, so you know how it goes. These are going to kind of follow um, a short and sweet format. I'm not going to do any fun facts or anything because, again, this is a huge franchise. You know, if you want to know about it, Google exists and it is filled with Harry Potter stuff. Um, I'm kind of going to go more over my favorite scenes, um, kind of my favorite characters of that particular film, and then also probably my major gripes with each. Um, So with that, I'm going to take it away with a you googled summary. A mysterious elf tells Harry to expect trouble during his second year at Hogwarts, but nothing can prepare him for trees that fight back, flying cars, spiders that talk, and deadly warnings written in blood on the walls of the school. All right, so we're at year two at Hogwarts. I always remember this one not being my favorite. I wasn't really fond of the chamber itself. Um, But this go around, I feel like I did enjoy it more. I really enjoyed the comedic aspects of this one. I feel like they had a lot more comedy in it. Um, they were really kind of playing more for gags, uh, but it was fun. It was good, clean, like kid humor, you know, and it, and it still kind of, um, lasts the test of time, I guess. Uh, (laughs) Mr. Weasley's clapbacks, um, to Lucius, uh, were great. Uh, Hermione as well. Um, she also was just venomous with her words. Um, and also my favorite line from this one, um, I, yeah, probably my favorite is, um, (laughs) when (laughs) Harry and Ron do the polyjuice and, uh, they're getting the intel from Malfoy and he sees him with the Harry's glasses on and he's of course asking him like, why is he wearing them? And he says for reading and Malfoy says, I didn't know you could read. (laughs) That's. Just the delivery of it uh, was very well done. Um, and I do feel like the characters, um, the children who are playing the characters, you can tell they're coming a little more into it as well. And they're also becoming more comfortable. Um, so I just feel like you did get that vibe overall as well. And it did carry throughout. Another aspect with the Polyjuice, um, I, I like to call this film like the bros the bros movie because it it mainly is harry and ron throughout this one they pretty much um set hermione out uh due to the polyjuice potion 
um, at one point, uh, she turns herself into a cat girl. So, of course, they have to go uh, do the spine um, solo. Uh, Ron was very excited, though, when he saw Hermione as a cat girl. So I think that kind of spurred something inside of him um, <laughs> in this film. Uh, and then, of course, um, Hermione is also petrified by the basilisk, basilisk later as well. So, again, um, she's not actively kind of helping them. Uh, but that's going to go along with one of my gripes of the film is that Hermione still was taking the lead. And if it wasn't for her, they still wouldn't have been able to do basically any of this. Um, she still had had notes and kind of left a bread trail, almost bread trail, bread crumb, crumbs, crumb trail for them to follow. There was also at one point... <laughs> Um, in the end, uh, cause again, this film, we get Dobby. There's a lot of Dobby. I think people either love or hate him. Uh, I am a team Dobby kind of person. Um, throughout the whole arc, of course, we discover how important he is, um, kind of to the story, but the ending, one, the lighting on Lucius with Dumbledore in his office was really just beautiful to me. Um, and then, of course, what follows is Harry kind of confronting Lucius about the diary and all of that, and then also being um, very, very sneaky and hiding a sock in it. So that way, when Lucius just throws it to Dobby, he has been presented with clothing and he is now free. And I'm pretty sure Lucius at one point was going to Avadra cadaver him. Like, was it? It seems like that's what he was going for. So um, I thought he went a little hard about that, but it was hilarious. Um, and that's where I am going to say that Dobby and Hagrid uh, are two of my um, favorites uh, throughout this one. Um, Gilderoy Lockhart is also makes his debut. And he's the defense against the dark arts. Of course, you know, every year we have a new fill-in for him. Uh, my gripe with Gilderoy is he is supposed to be incredibly charming and um, handsome to my understanding. And I feel like they just chose a too much of an older actor. And I mean that in the nicest way because, I mean, he doesn't look bad. He's not ugly. I'm not saying any of that. Um, just to just the fact that like 12 year old girls are swooning over him like he doesn't look like a, a, a man that 12 year old girls are also gonna swoon over um so I feel like they really missed the mark on the casting and in terms of maybe uh, his appearance just because of that who is Gilderoy Lockhart is kind of supposed to be um but the actor himself did play him well so it is easy to overlook it's really not that big of a gripe to be honest um I just thought he did look a little old for that young of girls to to have a crush on him um also what really was glaringly obvious in this one that I kind of, I guess, like never super paid attention to was um, the amount of animal cruelty that actually goes on at Hogwarts. And of course, specifically in McGonagall's class, um, and like the transformation, uh, the rat cup, this go around was just disturbing and kind of horrifying. So, so uh, that I kind of forgot about. But overall, uh, of course, the ending is, is made up um, with Harry destroying uh, what we later do find out is a horcrux, of course, uh, kind of confronting Tom Riddle. Um, it was it's a good it's a good story. This one is um, I just wish they would have shown a little more, though, 
from Jenny's perspective, because uh, in the books, I remember that was a little more um, part of the story. And I feel like in the movies, they always did Jenny kind of dirty in that respect. They never kind of gave her the screen time that she really needed. And even the amount of character development that you get from her um, in the, the stories as well. So that is one thing um, that I am also have a gripe with on this one that's more major than most. So year two concludes director Chris Columbus's run, um, as well as the Dumbledore that we had began with. So uh, when we get to number three, uh, we will kind of be almost jumping into the kind of revamped aspect um, that we came in as the children start aging. And I feel like you can kind of see that from the first two movies uh, after and then the third uh, forward. So that's just my little mini um, look back at Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. I hope you come and join us uh, for night number three, which will be The Prisoner of Azkaban, um, which actually is one of my personal favorite ones. So as always, you can find us at Filmgazers on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. On Twitter is where you will find the link to join the Discord. Um, again, we have been a little uh, lax with everything. Um, with a new year, we're trying to make some new goals. We'll see how it goes. So for now, it looks like it's time to hit the dusty trail. Later, taters.